He knew of them, of course. There was talk in the city that it wouldn't be long before they went public, but privately he doubted it. Peppermintness would never give up her empire to others, no matter how many millions going public might earn her. Richard had seen her once, briefly, at a cocktail party he had attended with his second wife. There had been something elusively familiar about her, but though he searched his memory all night, he hadn't been able to recognise what. It had annoyed him because he prided himself on having a good memory for faces, and hers was so strikingly beautiful that he couldn't imagine how, having seen it before, he could possibly have forgotten where. In fact, he could have sworn that he hadn't, and yet... And yet that elusive, faint tug on his memory told him that somewhere he had. Linda, his second wife, worked for one of the independent television companies. Like him, she was career-orientated. Pepper Mines had been at the party with one of her clients. Richard Howell wasn't a man who had a bias against successful women, and Pepper Mines had intrigued him. She had built up her business from nothing, and no one seemed to know anything about where she had come from or what she had been doing before she signed on her first client, other than that she had once worked for the American entrepreneur Victor Orlando. She was a woman who was skilled at appearing to be completely open and yet at the same time remaining conversely secretive about her past and her private life. Richard tapped the envelope thoughtfully on his desk. It wasn't all that unusual for him to receive correspondence from people he did not know. It happened all the time. Howell's bank was known to be extremely discreet about dealing with its clients' affairs. He opened the letter and read it, then got out his diary. There was nothing booked in for Monday afternoon. He made a pencil note in it. The letter intrigued him. Peppermines. He was looking forward to meeting her. It could be very... interesting. He went through the rest of his mail and then his phone rang. He picked it up and heard the voice of his wife. They had arranged to spend the weekend with friends and she was just telephoning to remind him. I'll be home in half an hour. That would just give them time to make love before they set out. The adrenaline bounced round his veins, released by the intrigue and anticipation of Pepper's letter. It was always like this. The merest hint of a new deal, a new game, always gave him a sexual boost. Linda was the perfect wife for him. When he wanted sex, she was both receptive and inventive. When he didn't, she didn't pester him. As far as he was concerned, they had an ideal relationship. His first wife... He frowned, not wanting to think about Jessica. Linda had accused him once of wanting to pretend that his first marriage had never happened. She put it down to his Jewish blood and its inherited need to preserve old-fashioned values, and he hadn't argued with her. How could he? His marriage to Jessica was something he couldn't discuss with anyone, even now. He felt the beginnings of anger build up inside him, draining his physical desire, and checked them automatically. Jessica was in the past, and she was better left there. Alex Barnett received his letter when the postman dropped it off halfway through Saturday morning. His wife, Julia, picked it up from the hall carpet and carried it through to the sunny sitting room at the back of the house, where they breakfasted in leisurely relaxation on weekend mornings. Alex looked quickly at her as she came in, dreading seeing the now familiar signs of the depression which so often seized her, this morning, there was no sign of it. 
she was still buoyed up by the visit from the adoption authorities. He and Julia had everything that an ambitious couple could want. Everything but for one thing. At 30, Alex Barnett was known as one of the most forward-thinking and successful men in his field. The computer age had still been at the toddler stage when he took over his father's sewing machine factory. From sewing machines to computers had been quite a leap, but he had made it safely, and although the big boys tended to look askance at some of his innovations, he held a very generous share of the market. In less than six weeks' time, he would hear from the government whether they intended to accept his tender and install his terminals in British embassies throughout the world. The contract was far more important to him than he had allowed anyone else to know. Their sales had slipped slightly recently, not enough to cause concern, yet enough for him to realise that they badly needed the profits from this government contract to finance new development.